people deluded i'm back again thank you very much for tuning back in each and every time and as usual welcome back to another edition of the deluded podcast the dg podcast the really and truly podcast i'd prefer for you to call it dg podcast or deluded podcast but whatever the hell you want to call it is not of my concern just as long as you're making sure you're supporting alongside, you know, the YouTube stuff. So make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Make sure you're following on Spotify, Apple, any sort of streaming podcast outlet that is available to UK streamers or podcasters. My stuff will be there. So make sure you're supporting. And obviously all links in relation to where you can follow me are all in the description. I'll remind you like the end. But yeah, people, as you lot know, it's international break. There isn't too much to talk about. It's football is, you know, football can be the a week can be a very long time in football. A week can go quickly. And definitely international football shows you that it could take a long time. I know there's been a lot of talking points. We'll cover a couple. Well, I say a lot. There's been a couple of things that have popped up. Um not really of direct relevance to any club, but little things that have popped up. Obviously, the bulk of it is international break, friendlies and qualifiers and under-21s, this and that and the third. I'm not going to lie, people. I just want to see the Premier League back. I know with what has been a long season as an Arsenal fan, and I'm sure if you support another club that is in a poor bit of way, you know, you can't wait for the season to end and you actually can't wait for the international break. But whenever it does happen, let's be real, we all start missing it. So it is what it is and... Let's be real, man. Half of these internationals are dead as well. Like I know there's the under-21s championship. I have not been impressed from what I've seen. You know, France lost yesterday. We'll get on to England loss. You know, I think Italy looked all right, but again, look a bit shaky. Um, there's a, quite a few teams. I'm not really impressed by... I'm impressed by players, but individually, I'm a bit sh- shocked by the quality on display at the under-21s championship. To be fair, Spain looked good. Um, so yeah man England obviously lost which once again I have to say it twice our first team won and I watched that you know it seems like we're playing part timers in San Marino all the time and whatnot. so yeah people we might as well crack on but before I do that I might as well just reel off some results if you have been paying attention to any sort of football in any capacity people so I'm sure you've all seen Iceland um, were defeated 3-0 to Germany I watched the highlights Havart scored Havart scored who scored another midfielder scored? I can't. I'm not even going to sit here and say I can remember people. Give me a second. In fact, I'm sure Goretzka scored, Havart scored, Gundogan scored. People, Gnabry grabbed some assists and as did Sane. So yeah, and I'm sure you all saw Jamal Musiala made his debut. People, they obviously went ahead within seven minutes. Germany are fully in a rebuild, and I'm keen to see what Germany are on in the Euros because I look at it. I know they've got Neuhaus now, they've got um, Verts, you know, Luka Nets potentially if he never got injured and out for the rest of the season. Jamal Musiala, you know, they've got an experienced old guard and they've got some new youth coming through and Jürgen Love isn't going to be there past the Euros. So I'm keen to see, are they going to be more fearless? What are they going to have? Obviously, they've got Gnabry and Sane as well. Like I'm really, I really think the Germans are going to put some respect back on their name after a disastrous World Cup and things. I think Iceland held it up, but there's nothing they could do, man. They're obviously going to lose um, and whatnot, people. Um, like I said, Jamal Musiala, the most exciting point is Jamal Musiala made his, made his debut. And there was obviously a scare before the game, people, because a, a German midfielder in Hossmann actually tested positive for COVID-19. Following um, consultations with the local authorities and those sort of things, the game was allowed to go ahead. So, again, hopefully there's no fallout in there or no ramifications, in, especially in relation to all the players. But if you're a Chelsea fan, I'm sure you're thinking, yo, hopefully there's no, you know, there's nothing to, to say in relation to Werner and 
Havertz and Rudiger being involved in catching anything. Obviously, I'm sure, again, I didn't watch the France game. I watched the highlights. I think they drew with Ukraine. Um, I remember seeing Kante, Kante had an issue and apparently Kante is injured. Um, so I don't know how long that is or what that means for Chelsea. But as you lot can imagine, it's a disastrous time for the international break. You know, it's mid-season. Certain people, you know, are fighting for top four, the league, whatever. It is a bit annoying that, you know, unnecessarily you got to deal with your first team as getting ridiculous minutes, especially your key ones. And now you've got your under-21s. Like, for me as an Arsenal fan, rather, rather selfishly, I, I'm... Not because of the injury, but I'm happy that Saka didn't play any part against San Marino. Could you imagine people getting injured, you know? Or And I don't want him to play on Thursday as well, really, because it's not going to help our purpose. Similar to that, you got Smith Rowe, who came up, who was subbed eventually, but's playing for the under-21s. Like, don't get it twisted. It's great playing for your country and that, but I just care about Arsenal and salvaging what could be our season. You can use Eddie and Ketty all you want, you know? He's spoken about wanting to get away from Arsenal to play football, and, you know, he's not really part of our season like that, but... You know, it's a, it's a it's an annoying time for many for many clubs and and managers and things and whatnot people. But <clears throat> Germany defeated Iceland three 0 Armenia defeated Liechtenstein one 0 Romania beat North Macedonia three two. Spain and Greece drew one one people. Now another one I watched the highlights and I was a little bit shocked. I was very impressed by Spain at under twenty ones level just how they knocked the ball around. Based on what I saw in the highlights against Greece, you know, it clearly is an upset. You know, they took the lead early on with Morata, um, who Juventus said they're not making permanent. So it'd be keen to see what happens in his future. Obviously, they were pegged back, pegged back courtesy of a penalty in the second half, people. And it very much is a frustrated, frustrating start to the qualifying campaign for Spain, people. You know, it's two points dropped. Um, obviously, I'm sure if you remember, Dani Almo had a hit, had a shot that hit the crossbar. Um, you know, Morata might have scored, but I'm sure if you watch the highlights, you missed him missing a sitter. So yeah, you know, grass is green where Morata is concerned. People really and truly, but one one, I didn't expect that. Italy defeated Northern Ireland. That's a game I actually watched. You know, I think um, they had a very good game. You know, Immobile and Berardi scored and gave them what they needed to do. Um, Sweden defeated Georgia a goal to nil. Zlatan Ibrahimovic got an assist, um, which is good for him because he's back in the national team setup. Denmark defeated Israel two goals to nil. Faroe Islands and Moldova, if you watch, that was 1-1. Scotland and Austria is 2-2 people. Um, shout out to McGinn for scoring as well, but it was very frustrating. Um, to be fair, you know, that was probably the most exciting thing about the game, in my humble opinion. You know, what a goal that was from 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 John McGinn, you know, a serious overhead kicker. I think he's very underrated. I would love to see him at Arsenal, to be fair with you. Obviously, Hanley, I believe, got his first goal for Scotland as well. So it is what it is, people. And it was actually the first time them two, these two teams... Um, um, met in the, met in competitive action in recent years, so it is it is it is what it is, people, um, and it's a bit of an L. It's a bit of it's a bit of an L, really and truly, because if Scotland did lose, I think they've lost their last two qualifiers in a row. So it was nice to see they got something positive, and it was a very good finish from John McGinn. Albania defeated Andoria a goal to nil. Now again, no nothing about that game. The, the highlights came on an ITV. So the Albanian guy's goal was a banger. I'm not even going to lie. Don't know nothing about Donny, but that was a good goal. 
Poland and Hungary, you know, again, uh, one one I watched the highlights. I'll never sit here and cap to you lot, but that looked like Lewandowski had to play a key role in rescuing something for them people. It was a, well, a six-goal thriller, really, between Hungary and, and Poland. Enough goals going in. Um, you know, you had all the, you had the FM legend in Piontek scoring. You had the Lewandowski gunman scoring. It was it was full of drama, red card as well. It had everything, man. Um is a it's a well deserved point for both sides. I'm sure when they review the game, there's things they could have done better. People away from that though, um, you know, um, Russia defeated Iceland four one. This is in relation to the under twenty ones championship. France, you know, lost one nil to Denmark. They were very disjointed. I think the manager tried to overcomplicate things. I'm seeing Wesley Fufana play right back. I'm very annoyed because Gwen Dozy's the captain. However, it's it's completely irrelevant. But it was a good. I think it was a very touching tribute. To have Jeff Rene Adley's um a man said picture um what the things called again people's shirts up in the in the change room just to kind of you know a supportive thing as we know he suffered an ACL injury another big injury in his career and his setback his season with knees has set back obviously potentially playing for the at the under 21s championship again you never know what form can do for you and wild cards go I don't think Jeff Rene Adley's ever getting into the full France international squad at this moment in time or in the immediate future. But being fit, you never know. There might be little wild cards there, but it's not going to happen um, if they keep playing like that. Portugal beat Croatia a goal to nil. Um, Switzerland defeated England 1-0. One, one and, you know, England are lucky, really and truly, you know, Switzerland could have smacked them in you know I think Ben Godfrey had a decent game but I'm sure you saw early on square passes it was disjointed it was a bunch of strangers I was talking to my boy about it and it reminded me of remember when England like around the 2006 period where it just seems a bunch of individuals a bunch of players that are highly rated for one reason or another they can't play together you know it seems like there's a bit of you know what what i mean by 06 remember when there used to be real hysteria about somebody being called up because of form i feel a bit of that and it reminds me a bit of old england of old whether it's spenion erickson with time that went on steve mclaren and these sort of jolt men in you just don't get the vibe that A.D. Booth are at these levels. Like, don't get it twisted. The one thing I don't disagree with, which everyone's onto about, is Dwight McNeil left back. Not in how he played it yesterday, not in the system he implemented yesterday, but in general, I think McNeil could be a decent fullback. So I don't mind him in that regards. That being said, you're putting a bunch of strangers together and think they're going to play well. The system is just jointed. It doesn't seem like the players are sure of their system. And, you know, midfielders are getting drawn to the ball. Wingers are staying out wide or wide men, wingbacks are staying out wide. The people you're playing in defence don't really know their jobs. It's a bit disjointed. You've got Ramsdale in goal who's not levels. You know, a lot of them players in that England squad collectively, they're not going to have Premier League careers, much less this. You know, it is quite poor. And fundamentally, I don't know how... You can have one of the best squads in the competition and perform like that. And when you look at it, you know, A.D. Boothroyd's men are among the are among the, the, the tournament favourites. You know, I think he's actually lost. He has no win in his last five competitive games at this level. You know, the form was shaky. He was shaky. And I don't want to disrespect him because I'm sure he's a high acclaimed player. But you can't have these new and exciting players and then have this dinosaur in the position. It's not making sense. It's not making sense. You know, the bravery of these players needs to be reflected in the in the manager and I've been saying it for me anyways the best coaches at England level are the ones you don't even know their names man the under 18s 19s 16s 17s coaching staff support staff all of these guys are that trust me they're the levels ones people um 
So it was very frustrating because we barely created anything, barely had a sniff. The chances we had, we didn't take them. The system was dead. You know, the subs, you know, he actually done all right with the subs, but it's dead. And considering the players we have, it's poor, man. And, you know, Callum hudson Adoy was one of the more livelier players, but he was poor. Smith-Rowe and NK didn't really do nothing. NK is meant to be the captain. It was dead. Like, it was mad dead. Like, I was very disappointed in what, I've, in what I saw, people. And, I, you know, credit to Switzerland. They deserve their goal. They actually look like a team. They can, they actually moved the ball better, in my opinion. It's, it's poor. We can't overreact because we can still reach the quarterfinals, but we've lost our opening game, people. And to lose it so far... So close from time is poor people, and obviously we shagged ourselves because you got to beat Switzerland. Not do no disrespect to Switzerland, but you've got Portugal next, and Portugal have given their self safety. They've won one nil against Croatia. We have to win that next game, or we're in problems. So these boys have to learn and have to learn quickly. People, you know the knockout stages is in May slash is May slash June, and it's a, it's an issue. And, and and like I said, key players, you know. Dwight McNeil might be in the England under-21 setup, but that's one of Burnley's key players. So one has to wonder what physical condition are a lot of these players going to return to their clubs in Smith-Rowe the same. Ben Godfrey, who's a permanent fixture of sorts in the Everton team. You know, the Inketias and these sort even skip at Norwich, the Inketias and these sort of guys, they're not really playing, so they need to. Um, I do think the team would have been stronger, obviously, if they could have called on Bellingham, Folden, you know, if Fingy was fit, what's his name, Greenwood was fit, you know, Curtis Jones, I can't even remember, is he in the squad? He should be, you know, but again, I don't trust the manager. Ramsdale did make a couple bad boy saves in the game, but he's dead, Um you know, I think Tom Davis struggled. You know, it was just, it was just dead, man. It was, just, it was just dead. Lloyd Kelly didn't do much. You know, it was dead from us, man. We had twelve shots, one on target. People, like, it was dead. Like, that's the only. I'm not trying to be. I'm not even trying to be critical. It was just so uninspiring, especially when we're meant to have these new English and innovative players and these daring to do players and less of the status quo. It's dead, people. It's dead. It's dead. It's it's it's, it's quite upsetting. Like I said, no cap. Um, but yeah, man. Like I said, England lost one nil. Portugal won one nil against Croatia. Denmark beat France. Iceland lost 4-1 to Russia. In terms of international friendlies, unfortunately, the best nation in the world was defeated 4-1 against USA. Um, Sergio Des had a decent game. You know, England, man said England. America 4, Jamaica 1. It's nothing. We live to fight another day. See when Antonio's thing is 30 and that? It's cool. You know, Lionel Messi, I know you're Jamaican. Come chat to UEFA and, let's, and FIFA and let's get your registration. Now, I'm guessing, man. But on a serious note, you know, USA got some decent American players. I think Musa had a decent game. He makes everything look easy. Um, Japan defeated South Korea 3-0. Saudi Arabia won 1-0 against Kuwait. Greece and Cyprus drew nil nil, folks. Um, I can't. I don't know who watched this, but Mongolia lost three nil to Tajikistan. Guatemala beat Cuba one nil. Um, Saint Vincent lost four five nil against Carrillo. Haiti beat Belize two nil, and Trinidad and Tobago won three nil against Guyana. People, and if you were watching it, Crystal Palace's women and Charlton's women drew one one. So that's your update in terms of games to come today people obviously the brazil colombia game has been postponed as has chile paraguay um qualifying though people el salvador beat granada 2-0 canada beat um, bermuda 4-1 panama 
Canada won 4-1 against Bermuda and Panama won 1-0 against Barbados. Just had to specify that. thought there would have been more international friendlies there. In fact, the weekend is where you see all of it, people, because in relation to World Cup qualifying, Republic of Ireland, Luxembourg, Serbia, Portugal, um, Belarus, Estonia, Czech Republic, um, Belgium, and you know even Suchek's taking his West Ham form and gone off the score for Czech Republic. Montenegro against Gibraltar, Holland against Latvia, Norway versus Turkey. Hopefully Odegaard sits that one out. We all saw he had a little bit of a knock playing for Norway. He's all good now. Um, Russia against Slovenia, Croatia against Cyprus, Slovakia, Malta. In relation to under 21s action, you've got Hungary versus Romania. You've got Germany against Holland, Netherlands. You've got Slovenia against Czech Republic. Slovenia got a good from what I've seen in the last game they played against Spain they got a decent little technical level there you've got Spain against Italy that's going to be a big game and one I'm watching in relation to the women's football you've got United's ladies Manchester United's women against West Ham United's women you've got a North London derby as it's Tottenham Hotspurs women against Arsenal's women and you've got Manchester City against Reading's women now I can't lie I'm probably going to watch the North London derby I'm, I always talk about it but I think as males we, can, we have to do a lot more to raise awareness for the female game and whatnot because it just seems like forgive me if I sound a bit tone deaf but if it's just it's a bit like racism when it's just black people talking about racism as as much as I feel it's not a break, broken record man start feeling desensitised because it, they, they, these people that aren't emotionally attached to it or have no reason to feel like it's always going on about it and it's the, it must the same logic for me with the women's game we can talk about diversity and level playing field and raising awareness and all these things but we actually have to make a proactive step. And for me, I think that counts with just just actually watching it. You know, I don't I don't know. The, it sounds bad. You know, I was actually I've got a lot of women friends who follow football and I ask them and sometimes they don't even know. Not that it may, means anything, but I think we, what we could do first and foremost is clue ourselves up on when they're actually playing, taking interest in the players and things like that. Like, if, but it sounds bad. But if you was to ask me to name Arsenal's women's footballers, I can't tell you. I could walk past them on the street. And I mean that as no disrespect. If we want this game to... Do I think the women's game is ever going to be of a level of the men's game? No, because they're, they're chasing centuries. But it can get to a level where it's highly watched and all of these things. Not that it isn't already, but I see it in France. And again, I might just be going off a whim. I see it in France and to a degree America, it seems like there's more interest in them nations or in those respective leagues than here. So I do think we could all do a more proactive step. And I think that starts with actually just watching the game, people. Um, it is what it is in that regard. In League One, well, I'm not going to list all them League One games, people, but is there, are there any games of interest for me? Who's on loan? Blackpool, Ballard still on international duty. Again, Ipswich. Again, what McGuinness is on international duty. If Oldham's playing, then yeah, because <laughs> um, Harry Clark. But yeah, or Charlton and that. But apart from that, it's a maz it's a mazza, really. Um, in, term, in terms of international friendlies, you know, Mexico, Wales, Qatar, Azerbaijan. Qatar, who, you know, I'm sure you see Norway and Germany pre-game, the political messages and things like that. I'm not belittling it, but it is performative, in my opinion, like everything. You know, what else are these players or staff or anyone that made that message going to do beyond that? Um, so, yeah, man, you've got some international friendlies, but we've spent way too long, in my humble opinion, on this, people. Um, can I just circle back on England in a sec for a second, people? Obviously, you saw them win 5-0 against San Marino again. 
They always say, I don't know about anyone, but it feels like we've played San Marino and play San Marino a hundred times. I don't think man can be proud of that victory. I'm proud, you know, for Jude Bellingham, impressive cameo. You know, for me, he goes to the Euros. You know me, people have been banging on about that individual for a while now. And at 17 years of age, you know, two years ago, I did a video, one of my first videos on my channel. Um, and to see what he's doing now is crazy. Like I said, even Jude, I have to discount a bit, Carl. Man, I'm playing part-timers. My old Sunday league team, I genuinely think we beat San Marino. I applaud San Marino because they live in their movie, they live in their dream, but you're playing part-timers and you're playing part-timers who aren't fit, you know, them San Marino players, you didn't need to hear the commentator, clearly they're lacking competitive football for whatever reason, so, you know, obviously I do hope it boosts confidence, I do hope to a degree people are allowed to feel comfortable, showcase their ability, get some more minutes under the clock, but in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't solve anything because is that the system he's going to play? Maybe, maybe not. Are they the individuals that are going to play? Maybe. Maybe, maybe not, you know, it doesn't mean much really, you know, again, beyond the things like Ollie, got, um, um, Ollie Watkins scoring his first goal, big up James Wood-Prowse, someone who I think looks like an England player and he might not sell any tickets but dessert should be there because he's actually competent and consistent you know it's nice to see him bag a goal it's nice to see Sterling captain the team and score even though Sterling was playing like he's playing in the cages he's, he, you know his decision making on, on the night was poor but it's one of them ones they knew they were playing a dead team with respect to San Marino and it's one of them ones you know you're just trying to get on the score sheet so it's nice for Sterling to captain and technically score Ward-Prowse obviously got a goal Dominic Calvert-Lewin you know he's showing what he's been doing at Everton grabbing two goals and for Ollie Watkins, it's great off the bench because, you know, he the game ain't going to mean much. You know, it's nice that he scores. It's what he works for. It's, 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 it's every boy's dream to score for their country and that. Um, but that isn't going to make or break whether he's called up. So it's nice to see that, obviously, he can show Southgate within the context that I'm quite clinical. I can take chances and things because... Again, you know, he. I have to assume he's ahead of Patrick Bamford because Bamford never got called up, but it's probably unlikely either, either one goes. Like a lot of these players, you know, I'm happy to see, you know, man get called up and stuff, but I don't really understand it. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I don't think Conor Cody should be there. I think he's probably there, you know, his form previously has deserved that, but on current form, we don't deserve to be there, especially when you're talking about Trent. It just seems that Conor Cody's there because we all know Gareth Southgate is a stickler for, for discipline and stuff. You know, he's going to, you, you tell a man you need to go to bed at nine o'clock. He's at bed. He's in bed at 6.30. You tell a man 7am downstairs. He's there from 5.30 doing word search. You know, I could only imagine, you know, as much as I love Grealish, you know, obviously I'm not saying they like that, but you can see how Southgate loves that as a head of, you know, the Grealishes, the Madisons and all of these sort of guys. So I have question marks over the, you know, the call ups, what it means in the grand scheme of things, because half of them are not going to go, you know, as much as I like Ollie Watkins, there's bare men that are not in this team they might not necessarily be strikers but Sanjo's not in that team Rashford's not in that team you know these are guys that are going to make it difficult potentially Tammy Abraham as well um and what and and what not people midfield obviously there's a there's a whole leap of injuries and things like that um but for me the one that that deserve Jude Bellingham has to go in it because he gives us something he's very mature you saw the little bicycle kick the cute little touches he plays with real maturity he gives you them captain vibes really and truly you know he's very mature in possession he's scared he's 17 and he does show his age but he's mature way beyond his age and he's 17 and I really admire J Jude Bellingham as you lot know and what he's doing and the there's no rush to leave Bar um, Borussia Dortmund, but when he does, hope Arsenal are at the front of that queue, um, really and truly. You know, we've lost Jamal Musiala, but seeing Jude Bellingham makes us kind of forget that, well, Musiala and Yunus Musa, really, um, it is what it is. Um, 
I think Bellingham should go. I think Ward Prowse should go because for me, Ward Prowse is, you know, he's not going to write any headlines. You know, he can take a free kick, but he's consistent. And then midfield options, you don't really know what you're getting. You know, he could do the Harry Wink stuff when he's norm- when Winks has normally been called. You know, Ward Prowse can do that and actually pass the ball forward. Ward Prowse is very competent. Obviously, he's a danger from set pieces. Like I said, he's not someone that's going to sell tickets, but I think he deserves to be there. I'd, I'd bring him and Jude. I'm a big fan of Calvin Phillips as well, but I'm wary of we're doing a lot here. You know, if Henderson's fit, he obviously goes. You've got Declan Rice in and about. It is what it is, people, man. Like, it is what it is. Obviously, the more important tests are to come. Um, you know, I think Lingard played all right as well. You know, he, he he's having a good form. He's confident and he's trying to obviously show the manager I should be involved. And I won't say Southgate was critical of him, but he kind of buoyed him. He kind of... Not violated him, but he kind of said, "Yo, listen, you're not you're you're just here because there's injuries and that, and that that would kind of part of me give me an extra kick up um kick up the side to make me want to perform me even more." So it is what it is. But you know what they say, people that you can only play what's in front of you in it. So it was a five nil win. Unfortunately, the twenty three twenty one sorry on the twenty one side can't say the same. Um, it is what it is. Firmly in that regards, people away from that though. There, like I said, there isn't much news, so I'm just gonna move through the headlines that I've got. Look at the work rate, people. You know, it's a long, it's it's it's, it's a international break. I'm sure some of your other favorite content creators and podcasters are, are are taking the week off and stuff. I still persist for you guys, so please make sure you're following across all the socials. Deludaguna zero four and everything. Twitch Deludagunas um Deludaguna one one eight seven people. Twitch um Twitch content specific football manager soon land but away from all of that though folks people and i'm sure celtic captain scott brown you know he has signed a pre-contract with aberdeen why this is of relevance to you guys because i think it's interesting the 35 year old as you lot know is one of the most decorated players within scottish football history he will leave celtic who has been part of the furniture and 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 end that 14 stay at parkhead um which which spans across winning 22 trophies 600 games and obviously 10 scottish league titles and and through that playing 55 times for scotland did think he'd have more caps than that um he'll leave and join aberdeen on the two year deal as a player coach so as you lot can see Scott Brown is the latest player to begin his managerial career again I don't know what capacity I say manager it could just be coach he could be content with just being a sporting assistant coach but either way I think that's a good move and a sensible one again I'm not off Celtic fan and these things but one has to wonder why that couldn't happen at Celtic but it is what it is I know there's there's been a bit of ups and downs with them um away from that though folks and I'm sure you've all seen um the Sheffield United owner Prince Abdullah revealed Chris Wilder twice wanted to resign as a manager and he demanded a severance package of four million to do so, which would have been the same if they sacked him. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to go all over it, people, but I do think you um, you lot should re- read over it. It's quite interesting. It's a quite interesting insight in relation in relation to that, people. Um, he said, in December, Stephen, who is the CEO of Sheffield United, told me that Chris had talked about resigning. I was really worried and I knew that a phone call or a Zoom call would not do the trick. I had to sit with him. The problem was because of COVID, all the Saudis were banned from leaving the country. I spent two weeks trying to get permission to leave. As soon as I got that, I flew to London and drove to Sheffield and met Chris before the Southampton game. I told him that I'm not happy that sometimes after defeats, when you talk to the media and say I can't make a cake out of sand and when he says all I have is championship players, it does not reflect well on the club image. Those players finished ninth in the table last season. It hurts the club financially. 
I am okay with Chris t taking all the credit when we win, but at least take some responsibility when we lose, which is facts, you know. This is what I feel about management, you know. Whenever there's this, it's the same energy. I told you lot last season, don't flatter the Sheffield United side. With respect, they're doing well. The manager's doing well. Sheffield United spirit, but there's many factors for that. There's an element of unknown. There's an element of euphoria. You know, they rid their form and they were new. Nobody knew what to expect. As soon as people read that this is a glorified pub team, they're not trying to play football. They've they've counteracted against that. Lo and behold, beyond injuries and the obvious, Sheffield United are poor. They're no different. No, I think the red inside played twice the football these lot play. Um, they give me vibes of that red inside a few years ago. Do you remember a Reading team? I can't even remember off the top of my head, but I'm sure... The first year that Reading team with with Dave Kitson and 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 Sidwell and Leroy Lita and the Hunt brothers and them sort of players there, I'm sure the first year they just missed out on Europe. It wasn't top four. Um, it would have been UEFA Cup them times. They just missed out, and the next year they went down. I told you I got them vibes from Sheffield because nothing sustainable looked there. They had no evident quality on the ball. I'm not saying they need to be Barcelona, but you can't go into games with this 10% luck, 50% skill out run everybody every game life isn't disney channel sometimes you need to have ballers simple as that and i think it's reflected how many of those so obviously some players are going to move but how glaringly obvious is it that some of those sheffield united players are going to get mo get moves to prem teams how many shanderberg get a move you know who else no one else is moving really maybe ramsdale by default because he's 22 english under 21s he might get a little move you know maybe you know, the, 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 you know, these, these, these McGoldricks and Oli McBurney's a promoted team might take a chance. There's bare maybes and ifs and buts. There's no one you can look at and say definite. Like if Brighton were to go down, which I don't think they are, you could say Tosar, Mupe, Basuma. There's moves there for them. Fulham, even if they go down. Lookman, there's a move there. And Guisa, there's a move there. I'd even say Tos in the centre half. There's a move there. There's a couple men that could grab moves. Newcastle, if they go down, a couple men are grabbing moves. So Maximin, you know, there's bare names there. That's not the same for Sheffield, so I don't really think he can complain. And I, listen, when that's 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 what I feel. I don't really, you know, whenever it's a bit like Arsenal again. As much as I, it's not relevant, and I feel you can't blame Arteta when we're winning. It's all Arteta, you know. When we're losing, it's all the players. When the truth is somewhere in the middle, it's both. We don't win, lose, or draw together. As I always say, for those of you that follow me on YouTube, make sure you're hitting the subscribe button on that. But moving on, I can't disagree with what the owner is saying. He said, um, I'm okay. Like he said, he's okay with that, um, you know. And and then, and he said, at least take some accountability and slash responsibility when we lose. Don't um don't buckle under the pressure of some losses and say everything around me is rubbish. Apparently, Chris went on to explain in, in a one hour call why he wanted re to resign. He did feel the team needed a change and a new voice, which we'd all feel like if we was in that situation. He said, we were very clear and said, we don't want to fire you, but if you want to re resign, you can. But we will not pay you the same money as if we're firing you. The email started between his representatives and our financial guy. We were astonished to find he had asked for four million to resign. We said, no way are we going to pay you four million. You are resigning. We are not firing you. Why would we pay almost one year salary? To be fair, bro, four million, you know, or something like that. Chris Wilder's living in it. You know, um, so it is what it is. I just felt that was interesting to speak about people. Um, apparently, FIFA will not punish Norway after their players obviously protested about Qatar's hosting of the 22 World Cup before the qualifying match on Wednesday versus Gibraltar. As you lot knew, Norway's players wore T-shirts bearing the image human rights on and off the pitch, um, which again, you know, 
just feels a bit performative. I'm not saying they're wrong in, in awareness, but if there is migrant workers in poor conditions and, and being thinking about and they were turning on the radio and they saw this, yeah, it's going to give them encouragement or they're going to hear it and give them encouragement for 24 hours. But what what else? You know, it's more feel good. I'm not saying footballers or, or, or the football federations can change things. I just feel whether it's racism, migrants, you know, all sorts of things that need to be tackled in society, you know, it's just a it's just a social media performative thing and then beyond that there's nothing else, people really and truly. So make of that what you will. Away from that though, everybody's got their wish in that the Premier League will go back to how it was prior to last season. Next season, the 2021-22 Premier League season will begin on the weekend of the 14th of August. Um, you know, um, and the season this year will um and the season will conclude on May the twenty second um of twenty twenty two and all ten fixtures will kick off simultaneously. Um the new Premier League season will see the campaign, as I said, go back to what it normally used to be in the second week of August. As you lot know, this current season did not start until the twelfth as a result of the delays caused by the COVID pandemic. So it's nice to see. Uh, originally it was scheduled to start on the 7th of August to coincide with um, the EFL but that it is what it is now and, and we're moving back and as you lot know Premier League clubs and they're right to be concerned about this quick turnaround people because you know the current season doesn't finish until May and as you lot know many clubs will have players representing countries um, in the rescheduled 2020 European Championships and obviously there's European Championships there's under 21 European Championships there might even be some South American tournaments and all of these other things I don't know what's going on with the African Cup of Nations um, I know there's Olympics as well so again it you know I don't know what's going on in the in the African and South American regions but there is Olympics and there is European Championship so again this caused even further delay and chaos to players and teams all over the world um, so yeah make of that what you will people um, rather sadly people it's nice to see that it's, 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 it's Moussa Dembele um, Atletico Madrid striker Moussa Dembele has been given attention but I'm sure you all saw over social media you all saw this, the clip of him and, and sensitive warning, don't go and look at it if you if you, if you don't want to see this sort of stuff. But long story short, he collapsed and he apparently let, after on he, dro he drove and he was put in a recovery position and stuff. But it was a bit horrifying seeing him just drop to the ground and things like that. Now, credit to the Atletico staff and whatnot because beyond this week it won't be a talking point but it could have been much worse and you know this 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 is a, I, I took that as you know you've got to look after your health because again I don't know why he lost consciousness but I look at it Moussa Dembele should be one of the most healthiest humans in the world just on the basis that he's an athlete and he's collapsed so we should all take our health seriously and um, whatever people but as you lot as you lot know people he was seen warming up and stretching before he lost consciousness his teammates quickly alerted medical staff to the situation people when he was lying motionless on the floor as you lot know he was rolled onto his side in which appeared to be a or the recovery position other members of the squad rushed to the ambulance to grab the stretcher um more than a minute later the striker fortunately regained consciousness and got back to his feet but sadly the 24 year old well not sadly and I, I, well the incident is sadly but the 24 year old eventually was able to walk off the pitch without any assistance as you lot know apparently he was pictured in his car driving which could give you the theme that he's recovered and hopefully Atletico get to the bottom of it hopefully that's nothing more than you know it's just a one-off but we hopefully there's nothing in that regards because again health is wealth 
Finally, people, again, I'll go into more depth when this is officially confirmed. If it, if it is officially more con confirmed, Manchester United, uh, mid, um, man said midfielder, former striker and current manager, Oli Solskjaer is in line for a new deal, people, at Man United. I've seen rumours of a three-year. The latest rumours are saying two years, people, um, worth in the region of seven to ten million a year. Seven million base, I believe, ten million if certain things are hit. Now... It depends what you look at it because they might be looking and saying, well, this manager got us back to the top four. If he gets us a trophy, yada, yada, yada. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just trying to put myself into their thinking. For me, I'd, I'd, listen, apart from he has done well in big games occasionally and he has, you know, I do think he is good in terms of the man management and, and, and stuff. You know, there is, there's less dramas about the Pogba's, the Martial's, the Rashford's, the Shaw's and all of these guys that Jose was coming with. But I don't think he's the guy to take Man United to the next level. Um, that being said, this, I don't know, this screams to me Man United's ambition. This screams to me they don't really know what manager they would, they would go for because as I always say, sacking Oli or sacking anyone is one thing and then it's the other. So I don't think they want to go for these Allegri's and all of these sort of things and and whatnot and and Oli seems to be someone they can manipulate to a degree. Um, he's yet to reach a final. To, to be fair, if he gets top four in the Europa League, what could you tell him? I don't think he should be sacked. To, it, it, even like Jose in the unlikely event, Spurs get top four. I think that could that should buy Jose time, whether I like him or not. But you know, Oli's technically second or so in the Premier League. He's through to the he's he, he's through to a latter stage of of the Europa League again. You know, he did go out of the Champions League. He has been inconsistent over the league. You know, they have, similar to last season, it's like Man United have just capitalised on other teams just being stupid and have run away with it, which gives them credit. But it's like they, they're getting into these places accidentally in which the manager needs to be a bit more clearer, really. And as a United rival, you know, when it's all said and done, there's just a way of things I, I think Man United should be done. And I don't think it, it is in that regards. And it, I don't think they reflect the Man United that would attract... That, attra that attracted many young fans my age or I'm a rival, I'm an Arsenal man but let's be real, Arsenal and United fans I'm sure when we go through the banter there's admiration for, 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 for what the clubs used to be about and I don't think a lot of a lot of what Man United's about is being reflected, but it's not in my opinion. Um, as you lot know, he's yet to reach a final. He's fallen out of four semi-finals already. They're still in the Europa League. Um, domestically, they're 14 points away from Man City. Now, they were never in a title race, but I have a duty to just mention that to you. So, I don't know, people, what's going to happen. But, yeah, we've spoken about, you know, internationals. We've touched on, sadly, Musa Dembele, apologies. We've touched on Oli. We've touched on the prim couple Premier League staff. Um, so, yeah, man there's not there's nothing to talk about really and truly Rashford's out of Engl England's internationals as well if I didn't mention that um so yeah there's nothing to talk about but I found a way to waffle for 37 odd minutes so yeah we're gonna have to cut this slightly short because there's nothing to speak about but some content's better than no content people I'm out man I hope you're all doing well and safe I hope I've given you some content you know if you're bored or whatever you head over to the, my YouTube channel Deludaguna04 content for days over there and that will tie you over to the international break period is done um, Deludaguna04 on all so sorts of social media um, Deludaguna on, on YouTube of course make sure you're hitting the subscribe button Deludaguna187 on Twitch for my Twitch streamers so yeah people man and all the other links like I said they're all in the descriptions do what you need to do i'm out man stay safe people hope you all have a great friday hope you've all had a great week stay safe and i'll catch you again for another edition of the dg podcast people i'm out